Americans are pragmatic. That's the very air that we breathe. We're practical, task-oriented people. We focus on doing our duties, our tasks, our assignments, our errands. We all have a to-do list, and it keeps getting longer every day. We're practical people. I remember once, while waiting to board a plane, I was talking with a friend of mine who teaches at a non-Lutheran seminary. Another person overheard our conversation and asked us what we do. My friend replied, I am a theologian. The questioner looked puzzled. To him, that didn't sound like a job. We all breathe the air of American pragmatism, and we all get so busy. We try to do umpteen things at the same time. We call it multitasking. Actually, people in the know tell us that, in fact, we don't multitask. What we do is devote our attention to one thing for a short time and then devote our attention to another thing for a short time. We devote our attention to this item for 10 seconds and then to this item for 30 seconds. We end up developing short attention spans. So we go through our to-do list, and then at the end of the day, we're exhausted. Our daily lives are characterized by constant busyness and distraction. So we can sympathize with Martha in our lesson. She wanted to listen to Jesus. She was a disciple of Jesus, but she had things to do. She got distracted. She had a big meal to fix, and she wanted to do it upright, and she needed help. In contrast, her sister Mary was sitting at the feet of the Lord, a posture of submissive learning, and she was carefully attending to what Jesus was teaching. She was hanging on to every word Jesus spoke. She was mesmerized by the Lord's word. Instead of asking Mary directly for help, Martha appealed to Jesus. She knew that Mary would do what Jesus said. So Martha came up to Jesus and said, Lord, you care that my sister has left me alone to serve, don't you? Assuming that the Lord cared about that, Martha then spoke an imperative to Jesus. Tell her then that she should assist me. Now this seems to us pragmatic Americans like a small request. Go help your sister, we think. What's the big deal? After all, Jesus and company had to eat, and the meal had to be prepared. In fact, the whole story seems to be to us to be rather small and trivial and insignificant. Why would Luke even bother to record this episode? But to Jesus, this was no small matter. So Jesus replies to Martha. He does not angrily scold her. He responds in a very gentle way. He lovingly re repeats her name, Martha, Martha. And he says, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Martha was distracted by her to-do list. 
Jesus goes on. But of one thing there is need. In contrast to Martha's many concerns, there is one thing needful. Jesus says, for Mary chose the better portion. The better portion of the meal, you might say. Mary was single-mindedly focused on the Lord's word. She wanted to listen to the Lord. That's what she wanted. And Jesus adds, the better portion which will not be taken away from her. Jesus would not take away from her the opportunity to hear his word then by making her go help with the meal. And Jesus would not take his word away from her permanently. So what was really at stake in this episode? The Lord wants people, first and foremost, to hear his word. Above all other considerations, above even daily bread itself, he wants people to hear his word. When he was tempted in the wilderness, Jesus replied by referencing Deuteronomy. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the Lord's mouth. In the parable of the sower, he warned against letting the cares of daily life dominate over hearing the word. He also warned about the devil and how the devil wants to take away from people the word. That is the devil's agenda, to take the Lord's word away from people. But the Lord wants his word to come to people and to stay with people. He wants his disciples to intently hear his word. Now I can just hear the pragmatic naysayers. What are you talking about, preacher man? The world is going to hell in a handbasket, and you're talking about reading the Bible? Come down to planet Earth, preacher man. Give people some practical advice. Reports from throughout our church body indicate that attendance at adult Bible classes is dismal. People have better things to do, so they think. Even we ourselves become easily distracted by umpteen other concerns. The story of Mary and Martha tells each of us to stop and consider what is really most important in my life. Am I majoring in majors, or am I constantly getting distracted? Mary chose the one thing needful. The Lord calls us to attend to his word, to hear his word, to study it, to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest his word. But why? Why do that? Because the Lord's word is not boring. It is overwhelming. It is mind-blowing, really, in its depth and width and height. Why hear the word of the Lord? Because it is the word of the Lord himself, the one who spoke through Moses and the prophets, and the one who in the fullness of time fulfilled Moses and the prophets for you. Why hear the word of the, wor the, why hear the, word of the Lord? because it is the word of the Son of God 
who inaugurated the eschatological kingdom of God for you. Why hear the word of the Lord? Because this is the word of the Lord who lived the perfect life for you, who set his face to go to Jerusalem for you, to be arrested, to, be, to suffer, to be crucified on a Roman cross for you. Why hear the word of the Lord? Because it is the Lord of, word of the Lord who was raised from the dead for you, who is now exalted at the right hand, ruling over all things for you, who will come again in glory for you. Why hear the word of the Lord? Because it is the Lord's strong word that will daily lead you to repentance and faith. It is the Lord's powerful word that will transform your lives, that will redirect your goals and priorities and pursuits, that will change your lives and change your relationships and change your congregations. It is the Lord's saving word. It is the Lord's word filled with promises that will inculcate hope in you, hope for that future bodily resurrection and life in the new creation with the Lord. It is the Lord's saving word. It is the one thing needful. There are so many voices appealing for your attention today. So many voices, each one yelling louder than the next 24-7. Which voice are you going to listen to? Be like Mary. Let the Lord's word mesmerize you. O Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. Let us now rise and sing to him.